We're talking about prayer, and we're talking about very practical ways to pray, how to, how to live this out, not just to preach on prayer, not just a sermon series for me to make you feel guilty because you're not praying or not praying enough, but challenging you to be a person of prayer, helping you to understand that you don't have to have the gift of intercession, the gift of prayer to pray. God has called on all of us to pray. And so we want to go back and do just a really quick review as we go into uh, the message for today. First of all, if you're going to put something on social media, there's the hashtag we'd like for you to use, and that allows us to see what you have posted or what you've said about the sermon series or the service or whatever. And then sermon notes, if you'd like a copy of the sermon notes, right there's the email address you use. And as I say every week, that's the email address for anything you need, any question you have, make sure you let us know. Let's go through the Vision Sunday we did a few weeks ago. We're going to learn this year to pray more strategically. We're going to learn that when we serve in this church or anywhere we serve, we're not serving them, we're serving Him. Y'all wake up now. You know, the quieter you guys are, the longer I preach. So let's do number two again. So we're not serving them, we're serving I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Number three, we don't want to be a church that's inwardly focused. We want to be more like Jesus who was outwardly focused. And uh, we preached on these in detail, so I'm not going to make comments on these. Number four, this year we want to learn to live with a more generous spirit. And that is to live our life with our hands open, not our fist clenched together. Number five, Expect miracles this year. Write your miracles down, no matter how weird they are, no matter how wild they are. Write down miracles that you pray for God to meet in your life. And what is the bottom line for knowing when we're asking for the miracles that please Him? The, the question is, if that miracle happens, will He be honored? Will He be glorified? Will He be lifted up? Number six, own it simply means taking responsibility as a part of the bridge. You are not looking around for other people to do the ministry and the work and the service that needs to be done, but you own it. You own the vision, and you have taken personal responsibility. Number seven, we talked about making disciples, and we are definitely going to be very intentional about that this year. We're talking about a recipe for prayer. A recipe that if you will follow it, your life will be empowered and your life will be changed forever. So the first week in the first part of our recipe, the first ingredient of our recipe is preparation. And in the, in the preparation part, we talked about developing a prayer journal writing things down. Your prayer journal is going to look different than mine. It's going to look different than your spouse, your friend. It's going to look different than anybody else. You're going to have a unique prayer journal. But we talked about the fruits of a prayer journal, the benefits of a prayer journal. And then uh, last week we talked about not only preparation, but we talked about consternation. And here's what we said about that. When you use your prayer journal, when you work that prayer journal, when you keep it updated, and you use it, and you pray, and now you're praying more than you were praying, the result of that is you're going to get closer to Jesus. You're going to have a more intimate relationship with God. 
And when you have a more intimate relationship with God, you become more like God in the way you see things, in the way you perceive things. So now, because you're closer to God, not only is there great joy in that, and not only is there great celebration and great victory in that, there's also consternation. And that word consternation means there are times when you're going to have a troubled spirit because you're closer to God. There are times when you're going to feel a burden for some people and some situations because you're closer to God. Here's what it means. It means that when you work your journal and you get closer to God, then you are going to love the things he loves and you are going to be broken in your heart by the things that break his heart. We talked about how to organize your prayer journal. I ask you to put four categories in your prayer journal just for me, and then you can do from that whatever you want to. But we talked about worship needs to be a part of your prayer. And then when we got to petitions and supplications, we said that uh, you would pray about personal needs and you would have a list of things there that you would be praying about. And this is always changing and it's always uh, growing. And uh, you're going to also keep that little area to the side of answered prayer or you're going to develop some kind of little sign or code or, or some uh, highlighter maybe where you highlight the prayers that have been answered. And uh, that's going to be in your personal life. And then we talked about we want a section for the bridge. We want the bridge to be a, a God-loving, Bible-loving, Christ-centered church. So you're praying for that and you're praying for God to give us wisdom and you're praying uh, from the perspective that the bridge doesn't belong to Pharaoh Hardison. It doesn't belong to any person in this church. This church belongs to God. The other perspective we talked about was that this church is not a club for believers. It is not a club for Christians, but we want to be a hospital for broken people. And so we pray from that perspective. And then the final category was his kingdom. So we're going to worship. We're going to pray for our personal needs, we're going to pray for bridge needs, and we're going to pray for the kingdom. And we talked about what all of that means, and we encourage you to go back and listen to those messages at bridgechurch.cc if you did not hear them. We're basing our message from the scripture that records uh, Jesus praying in the garden. And uh, Luke 22 is where we've been reading from. And this is that prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he was arrested, just before he was tried, just before he was crucified. The first thing we talked about was what? Preparation. The second thing, consternation. The third thing, and what we want to talk about today, is submission. Submission. This is a key to your prayer life, a key to the success of your prayer life. And we're going to read about it right here in the Word of God uh, in this story from Luke 22, beginning with verse 39, and you're going to see it in Jesus Christ, the submission of his life. Verse 39, and he came out and proceeded, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him. Verse 40, when he arrived at the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Verse 41, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he, Jesus, knelt down and began to pray, saying, here it comes, this is the submission, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, 
And then this is really something we need to pray at the end of all our prayers and throughout our prayers. Lord, I'm asking for this. I'm praying for this. I'm believing for this. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Let's say those words together. Yet not my will, but yours be done. We want his will done because we want him to be glorified and we want him to be lifted up more than we want the things we're praying for. We want him to be honored. Verse 43, it was at that moment that an angel came. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Verse 44, and being in agony, he was praying very fervently. And his sweat became like drops of blood falling down on the ground. Verse 45. When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. Verse 46. And said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. So we've gone through this several times. You guys might be close to memorizing that scripture by now, but that's a really good one to memorize as you think about Jesus. Think about, you've seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ. One of the most moving scenes in that movie to me was when he was in the garden uh, praying. And uh, he, was, he was praying, his sweat became his great drops of blood. And he was praying very, very fervently. Of course, we have mentioned that there's only one sentence he prayed recorded in the Scripture. And uh, we know he prayed much more than the one sentence that's here. But we believe this is the centerpiece of all that he prayed. And the submission is seen very clearly throughout the whole text, but especially in verse 42. Look at Hebrews 5, 7. This is a scripture we looked at last week, but I want to call your attention back to it again this week because this scripture is in reference to Jesus praying on the earth. I believe this scripture is in reference to the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. It doesn't say that, but it appears that Paul is the writer. Hebrews 5 and 7 in the days of his earthly life, Jesus offered up both specific petitions and urgent supplications. And we said last week these are uh, specific kinds of prayers and would encourage you to study that. He prayed for that which he needed. And he prayed, and this, is, this was our emphasis last week on consternation, that troubled spirit. He prayed with, everybody say the yellow part, he prayed with fervent crying and to his father, to the one who always, who was always able to save him from death. So he's praying to the father. And the Bible says here, notice the yellow here, and he, Jesus, was heard by his father. He, Jesus, his prayer was received, his prayer was heard, and he, Jesus, was heard because of his, everybody say it, Reverent submission toward God, his Father. In other words, his sinlessness and his unfailing determination to do the Father's will. His submission to do the Father's will. The Bible says Jesus went to the cross in your place. He went to the cross in my place. But here's what it says. It says he willingly went to the cross. The Bible is very clear that he willingly gave his life. He submitted himself to 
God's will, to the Father's will. I think it's so powerful here in the yellow text down here. And he was heard, and it tells you why his prayer was heard, why his prayer was received. And I think it's a lesson for us because of his reverence for the Father and because of that reverence in submission toward his Father. And that is our lesson for today. When we pray, we must empty ourselves of all confidence in anything other than our Creator. And that's tough for humans. We must empty ourselves of all spiritual pride. We must empty ourselves of all overestimation of our own strength and pray, cry out for divine help. We're talking now more about your heart in prayer. We've talked about the... um, Uh, prayer journal. We've talked about how to organize it. We've talked about the fruits of it. Now we're talking about you being in a position heart-wise, you being in a position mind, in your mind and in your spirit, so that your prayers are genuine, and so that your prayers are received, and so that your prayers are, uh, as the Bible tells us, effectual, that they are effectual, that they have impact and make a difference. So the key verse, let's look at it again, Luke twenty-two, forty-two, 42, is, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Everybody say it with me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. There's the submission right there. Let's go to John, another scripture earlier in Jesus' life, John chapter 6, and let's look at verse 38. Jesus said, for I have come down from heaven... Notice the submission here, such beautiful submission to the Father. Not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Let's go from uh, John 6, 38. Let's go to Philippians, and I want you to walk with me through this passage of Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. And again, we know Paul wrote the book of Philippians. Paul wrote this. It's a letter to the church at Philippi. Paul wrote it when he was in a Roman prison. Uh, I think one of the most interesting things, or to me personally it's interesting, is that the Philippian church was a little discouraged. They're not in jail. They're not in prison, but they're discouraged. So Paul writes them a letter from jail to encourage them who are free. It tells you where Paul was in his relationship with God, doesn't it? So Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Now guys, listen. This is instruction for you. This is instruction for me. This is instruction for the bridge. If you go to church somewhere else and you're visiting with us today, then we're very, very glad you're here. If you're watching online, we're so glad to have you. I got a text right before service that my good buddy Derek uh, and his wife Kim uh, Tilly and Gastonia, they got a little ice and snow their way, so he's a worship leader at a church called uh, Epic Church, and uh, He is uh, at home today watching us. Let's welcome all of our online folks today, including Derek and Kim. Awesome. What a great uh, worship leader he is. So here we go. Everybody ready? Everybody Everybody say this with me. I'm going to receive this because God is talking to me. He's talking to you right here, guys. He's talking to Farrell. He's talking to every one of us. So let's put our name right there. I'm going to put my name, Farrell Hardison. I know you're thinking right now, yeah, Farrell Hardison, he needs this. 
And he, and he, do, and he do. He do need this. Number three, do nothing, how much? From selfishness or empty conceit. Here it comes. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Everybody say, help me, Jesus. You know why? Because that's hard for humans. Because we like to regard us first, don't we? Y'all look so holy. But with humility of mind, regard one another, each other, as more important than yourselves. Verse 4, do not, that said do, this verse says do not, merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Boy, he's driving this home, isn't he? Let's go to the next slide. Have this attitude. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Farrell, have this attitude, buddy. Bridge, have this attitude. Have this attitude in yourselves. And then that word among. So you see that local church, that sense of the local church there. Have this attitude among yourselves. In other words, let this be the culture of the bridge. Let this be the culture. Let, let what, what Paul's about to say, hey, Bridge, let people find this when they come to your church. Or let people find this out about you as you go into the world and as you live your life in the world. So he says, have this attitude, Bridge, Pharaoh, among yourselves. And why do we need this attitude? Because it was also in who? Have this attitude in among yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Here it comes. Because Jesus is our example in how much? Everything. Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or used uh, to manipulate or control. Now, there's a whole lot that we could preach right there, but let me just tell you who Jesus is. Jesus is is the God-man. Jesus was God. Jesus is God. Jesus will forever be God. To do an in-depth study on that, study John chapter 1. The Bible says the Word became flesh, and that word is capitalized, means deity, became flesh in Bethlehem in a little manger, became flesh and dwelt where? Among us. But Jesus did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or a thing to be used to manipulate or control. Look at verse 7. Look what Jesus did. Look at verse 7. But emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant. That's a great word study right there. It is, the, it is, a, it is a servant who has been set free to make his own choices but he has chosen to stay with his master because his master was so good to him. And that's what we are. We are bondservants. There's much more there, but we don't have time today. But emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. So Jesus humbled himself and came down and became a man. Let's go to the next slide. Verse 8. Being found in appearance as a man, he what? 
humbled himself by becoming what? Obedient. How obedient was he? To the point of, but it doesn't stop there. He was so submitted that not only did he come to the earth and become a man, and not only did he humble himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, but a particular kind of death. What kind? And the reason the writer says that is because that was the worst kind. He said, I want you to know he was God in heaven. He took on humanity, came submitted, came under the authority of his father, obeyed his father, uh, gave himself to the will of his father, and came to this earth as a human being, and then humbled himself further by allowing the men he created to put him to death. And it wasn't just any death, but it was the humiliating, torturing, death of a cross. And what we're seeing here is this beautiful, magnificent picture of Jesus. And then we think back to the first verses we read in this text, and it said to us to do this, be this way, have this attitude among you. So Paul said, have this attitude among you, and then he went on to describe this incredible, amazing submission of Jesus Christ. And he said, Pharaoh, that's how I want you to strive to be. I want you to be like that. I want the bridge to be like that. Go on to the next slide, verse 9. For this reason also, for what reason? The fact that Jesus humbled himself. The fact that Jesus submitted. The fact that Jesus emptied himself. For this reason, because Jesus was so humble, because Jesus was so submissive, for that reason, also, here's what he got in return. God has what? Highly exalted him. So let me get this straight. So if you humble yourself, God will exalt you. How many of you know that's the opposite plan that this world gives you to get exalted, to get promoted? to get lifted up. What, what does the world teach you? Step on whoever you got to step on. What, what does the world say? Man, if you don't take care of yourself, nobody else is going to take care of you. It's the opposite philosophy. It's the opposite teaching of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father. And bestowed upon him, for this reason, the humility of Jesus also, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So the name of Jesus Because of his submission, the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Do y'all believe that's true? Really? Do y'all believe every human being is going to bow? Every human being is going to bow. Every member of ISIS will bow and say, Jesus is Lord. Every one of them. Every one of them. Every single one of them. You think about the most evil, corrupt, anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-church, anti-Jesus people exist in this world today. Every one of them will say, you know what? He is Lord. He is Lord. Every person. But for most of them, a vast majority of them, it will make no difference because it will be too late. But there will be a revelation 
to everybody past, present, and future as to who Jesus is. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Here's my question. And it's deep. It's deep. So y'all going to have to really think about this. If you're going to bow anyway, I'm just thinking, just me. Why don't you bow and proclaim him Lord of your life while it matters? I think about the days of Noah. And Noah would preach and he would declare the word and he would tell them what God had said and they would mock him and ridicule him as he would, as he would work on that ark. And you got to admit, man, that's pretty tough for you to tell people what's going to happen and they had never even seen rain before. But they mocked and they ridiculed him. And I want you to think about today because the same spirit in the days of Noah is the same thing now. They mock us. They laugh at us. Let me tell you something. If people believe the Bible, you wouldn't be able to get them in this room today. And I'm looking around. We got plenty of extra room today because of the blizzard. So, so, so the, the world looks on and they hear us preach and they hear us declare and they hear us and they laugh and they sneer and they mock. And we see it. We know it's happening. And I'm not trying to create this us against them, but I'm just telling you how much it was like now, in, in a sense, the way it was in the days of Noah. You know, I think about those folks standing outside that ark, if you'll permit my imagination, and, and all of a sudden, the thunder clouds begin to roll in. You know, boom. And all of a sudden, there's, there's water falling from the sky. They've never seen this before. And the Bible says that water not only came down from the sky, but it says water came up from the earth. Now, that'll freak you out right there. And they're standing there, and the Bible says something very powerful about the door of the ark. Do you remember? It says, God shut the door. Now, y'all know I got a sense of humor, and I know some of y'all think it's out of bounds. Deal with it. But I can just see Noah grab that crank that pulls the door up, and all of a sudden the door goes, Kachish! and Noah goes, okay, you got that. I didn't know you had, you got that. When the door shut, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that God shuts the door and no man can open it. And I just see them beating on the side of that ark when the water begins to rise up to their waist and just beg and plead, but it's too late. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying based on this. If, if you're going to do it anyway, if you're going to proclaim him Lord anyway, and you are, every one of you, Everybody is going to say Jesus is Lord. So my, I get, my question is, why don't you do it while it matters? What, what are we waiting for? Well, I, I tell you, y'all got a hypocrite out there at the bridge. 
really news alert, you know, called Dan Rather. Is he still alive? You know, yeah, we got hypocrites. Absolutely. But we're not pointing you to them. We're pointing you to him. I'm not asking you to bow down to them. They can't help you. I'm asking you to bow down to him. You're going to anyway. Verse 10, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee, what? Will bow of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth. And this is what they will say. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what's going to happen right there. Amen. Amen. That was about a fourth of you. Thank you. All right. You have to take what you can get. I want, you to, I want you to see another scripture. Let's go, to the, let's go to the next one in the book of Psalms, Psalm 75 and 6. I want you to note, this is Old Testament, but it ties in with what we were just saying. Look what it says. For exaltation, which is what, I mean, what does man live for? What, is it, what do men live for in this world? They want promotion. They want exaltation. They want power. They want position. They want authority. They want to be over somebody. They want to boss somebody around. They want to be the man. So the Bible's telling you here how to be exalted. The Bible's telling you here how to be promoted. For exaltation or promotion comes neither. In other words, it doesn't come from any of these directions. It does not come from the east, nor from the west, nor from the... So it must come from the north. So what does that mean? What does that got to do with anything? You know what the north gate was? The north gate was the gate of sacrifice. It was the gate of submission. The north gate was the, was the um, have you all heard the words? You remember Easter, the song, the Via Della Rosa, the way of sorrows, the way of suffering, the way of submission. That is the gate Jesus went through on his way to Calvary. So there it is, right there. Um, again, reinforcing, guys, that the way we get in with God, the way we have God hear us, the way we pray, and it is effectual. The writer said, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man has effect. It availeth much. James wrote that. And so... This scripture is reminding us, telling us, let this attitude, remember that scripture, just let it be among you. Let it be among you, this attitude of submission. And who exemplified that attitude of submission more than anybody else? Jesus. How many of you have heard of K. Arthur? You heard of K. Arthur? Great Bible teacher. As a matter of fact, uh, you may have heard of Precept Bible Study. She is the, she is the mother of Precept Bible Study, uh, that that. Um, line of material, and I would encourage you anything by K. Author, just excellent, excellent stuff, breaking down the scripture, helping you understand it. Um, a matter of fact, Dr. Glover's wife, uh, who's one of our elders, Robin, is a precept teacher. Um, but K. Author said this listen, K. Author said, <clears throat> The will of God for your life. And, and you're probably, you know, if I was sitting out there where you are, I'd go, Pastor, kind of make that real to me. And I, that's why I put this quote in there. The will of God for your life is simply that you submit yourself to him each day and say, 
Here's the prayer. Father, your will for today is mine. Father, your pleasure for today is mine. Your work for today is my work. I trust you to be God. You lead me today and I will follow. That's a prayer of submission. That's a beautiful prayer of submission. And I wanted to include that in the message today. So guys, you got your journal. You got your little categories. You're working that journal. You're working it. And you're seeing your, um, you're seeing your list grow. Maybe you've already seen some prayers answered and maybe you got a little yellow highlighter for your answered prayers and you're going through there. And so you've got that journal and it serves to encourage you and it serves to challenge you. And you know what? I've got my prayer journal on my uh, computer and uh, Pastor Jeremy has got a stack of prayer journals that he's done for years. So thank you, Pastor Jeremy, for making me feel guilty. But seriously, I, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go to a hard copy prayer journal. And it is easier on your computer because you can mark it and underline. But I got to tell you, there's something about walking into my office uh, at home or here at the church and walking in there and just seeing a prayer journal laying there. Amen? Does that remind you? How many of you keep your prayer journal where you can see it? And you keep it out there where you can see it and it challenges you. And then remember this and, and write, write notes down, just like the, these sermons that I've been preaching uh, write notes down that encourage you about prayer and that have taught you about prayer and, and things that you need to remind yourself of as it relates to prayer. And one of the main things you need to remind yourself of as you talk about prayer and think about prayer and listen, as you pray, is that man's submission. Submission. And submission is, I got my list, I pray my list, but at the end of every list, I go, Father, everybody say it with me, not my will but yours be done. That's submission. That's a beautiful picture of submission. I want to talk to you. I'm going to switch gears here just a little bit as I close this message. And I want to talk to you about the fact that we have a prayer ministry here in the bridge. And I want to challenge you uh, to just think about, pray about maybe your involvement in the prayer ministry. And I'm going to tell you just a few things about our prayer ministry our prayer ministry here at the bridge is directed by a three-person team, um, Janet Smith, Becky Hines, and Luke Sanders. Uh, some of y'all are here. Be uh, Janet, I see you out there. You got some of your other team here. You got, oh, there's Becky back there. Hey, Becky. You girls stand up. Is Luke here today? Luke was at the Thursday service. Luke can only take one of my sermons per week. All right. Awesome. They're, they're two of our team leaders. And... Um, I want to just tell you a little bit about the ministry and the mission of our prayer team. Because how many of us are called to pray? All of us. Um, but you not, might not be particularly called to specific areas of prayer. But I want to tell you that being a part of the prayer team um, might be something you want to really consider. Now, whether you're a part of the prayer team or not makes no difference about how much you pray, but you might want to be a part of a team. So I want to let you know a little bit about our prayer ministry today. The mission of this vital ministry is to support the vision, the God-given vision and the God-given mission of the bridge through strategic 
and consistent prayer. And let me tell you, these folks do this. I just met with them recently in my office here at the church, and we had a wonderful time together, and we have some great plans for 2016. One of the things that they're going to do uh, this year that's going to be kind of new is they're going to be offering some opportunities for you to grow in your prayer life. Now, of course, I'm going to preach sermons on prayer, and how much can you preach, really, without mentioning prayer? Prayer is going to constantly be in my sermons, and we'll constantly be talking about prayer. But they have some wonderful, wonderful material that they want to share with you. So I want to just say to you to be looking for that. There are going to be several opportunities coming up this year where you're going to be able to sit down in a a classroom-type setting or in a small group-type setting, and you're going to be able to learn about prayer. We're also so they're also going to make some material available to our small groups that if you can't get out here at a particular time to get that, that you'll be able to get it um, through your small group. And we're going we're gonna to minister to people on the topic of prayer at whatever spiritual maturity level you are. You may have just committed to Christ. You may be a new believer. Or you may not even be a believer at all. And you just go, well, I, I want to know more. How do I learn more? Uh, They're going to be providing information for you that's going to be at all different levels. Um, They're going to provide prayer resources. As a matter of fact, they really already do it, but I haven't talked about it in a while, and I wanted to talk about it today. Here are some of the things uh, that you will find on prayer. In our bookstore, there's material there. Uh, But they're going to be recommending this year uh, some other books and some audio and video Uh, resources for prayer, websites. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to challenge them to create a resource sheet that you can look at. And let me tell you, um, this week came up a resource, uh, a prayer app. And my good buddy uh, Jerry Allen was sharing with us at a meeting this week about a prayer app that he recently has put on his phone. And I want to tell you guys about it. It's called Prayer Notes prayer notes, and there's a free version, but then there's a a very low-cost version, two or three dollars, to get one that's a little bit more advanced. I've already downloaded it on my phone. It's perfect. I'm telling you, if you want to keep some of your journal on your phone and have it right at your fingertips, it's a great prayer app, prayer journal app, and it's Prayer Notes Pro. Also, you guys know I've been preaching on it, talking about it, the Right Now Media. We want to keep reminding you of that. If you're not connected to that, listen, let me just say it again. I know I'm repeating myself, but let me just say it again. The church just felt like that was such an incredible, awesome, amazing resource for you that we are paying thousands of dollars so that anybody in our church who wants to be a member, who wants to sign up for that, you'll get it, and it's absolutely free. And let me tell you, it is loaded down with awesome, awesome topics, awesome, amazing, the best teachers in America, and uh, we would just encourage you to make sure you get connected through Right Now Media. And let me tell you just how to do that in a real easy way. If you don't know how to do that, if you're like, I want to do that, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how to do that, just, just send us an email at the email address I gave you, info at bridgechurch.cc, and just say, I want to get in on that right now media, and they'll get you hooked up with that. A lot of good stuff there. Let me tell you that also coming this year are going to be some specified 
specific times of prayer that we're going to call you to days of prayer. We've got some coming up real soon here. As a matter of fact, in the month of February, we're going to be having some days of prayer. And we're just going to open up our facilities on some of those days and just encourage you, if you're off for lunch or whatever, to come and let's just spend a day in prayer as a church. Uh, we're going to uh, have some fasting events. Um, fasting, if you're a person who, uh, who feels like you don't really have enough time in the day, if you will fast, it will be the longest day of your life. And you'll just have all this free time. But uh, really, how many of you know you can fast something other than food? How many of you relieved to know that? Okay. You can fast specific kinds of food. We're going to give you all the different ways you can fast. Did you know you did you know if you're a big Facebook fan and you're on there all the time, did you know you can fast Facebook? No, seriously, I'm not kidding, you can. I know some of y'all think you can't, but you can. You can fast Facebook and then you would give that time to God and you would give that time to his word. There are different ways you can fast and we'll give you all the information about that. If somebody's interested in being a part of our prayer team, uh, on your Connect card uh, when you're here at church, just check that. Just check on there that you're interested. Specify the prayer ministry. You can go to our website and do it. You can go to the Next Step section. When you walk out of this uh, building and go to your left, we have a whole area over there of Next Steps. There's somebody there to serve you and show you how to get more information. Or you can send an email to the famous email address I'm always talking about to serve on our prayer team now. How many of you know that takes a different level of maturity to be a part of a prayer team? Okay? And so there's an application. I don't want you to be freaked out by that. But when it comes to prayer, we don't play and um, we need to know where you are spiritually. Now, we'll help you get there. If you say, I want to be on the prayer team, and then when we talk to you or we interview you and do an application, we don't feel like you're ready for the prayer team, hey, don't stop, don't give up, don't be offended by that. Help, let the prayer team help you get there. Am I preaching up here, girls? They will help you get there. They'll help you get to that place where you can be on the prayer team if that's what you are sensing God is leading you to do. It's an essential part of us getting to know you and understand uh, each applicant's personality and their giftings and all of that. Now, some of you, some of you um, can help us at a, at a higher level of prayer, and that is when we come up here at the end of the service, we have altar ministers, or the official title for them is care ministers, and we have some who come but we uh, would love to have more of them up here. Um, and so we would, we would hope, some of you are already there spiritually. You're already there in your walk with God. You just haven't made yourself available to do this. And there is a process of um, you getting to the point where you're up here ministering to people. How many of you want a church, you want a pastor, you want leaders, who before we're going to put somebody up here to pray for you, we're going to check them out? Y'all want that? Amen. You will make sure we, we do that. And we will. We'll do that. And the people who are up here to pray for you have been trained and uh, they are ready to minister to you. But we believe God is dealing with some more of you about being a part of our care minister team that ministers up here in the altar on Sunday mornings and at the Goldsboro campus on Thursday night. So these are just a few things about our prayer ministry. Here's what I want to do now. I want you to stand with me.